pray for us as well, for, for our story, as we hear from their story. Help us to think about our story and how you met us and you want to meet with us in, in our everyday story. One of the things that we're, we're discovering, Phil and I, as we, we begin leading this fledgling church, is that there are thousands. A phrase that I've been thinking about all week is that there are a thousand ways that Jesus meets a thousand different people. There's so many different ways that Jesus loves to meet with us. And each one of us here, we have our own unique story. And how Jesus meets us in our, in our story and he presents us his story to us. Um, I love that Jesus is moving today. I love that it's not a story of just 2,000 years ago, but Jesus is alive today. Uh, just yesterday, we were praying for people uh, in Ballam, as we do every fortnight. We, we gather a group of Christians together, or people that love Jesus, and we offer prayer to passers-by, to anyone who would like prayer. And people come, people come specifically to, to receive prayer. And some people came specifically yesterday outside Sainsbury's on a really cold day um, and for prayer. But also people just happen to pass by and receive some prayer. Uh, there were... A family, there was a mum, her daughter and her niece just passing by and one of the team just uh, felt, felt God say that God loves, that God loves you and uh, we, we said to her, God loves you, God loves you as a family, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's happening but God really loves you, it was really simple, it wasn't anything profound, anything prophetic, it wasn't anything sort of Old Testament, you know, thunder came from heaven and it was just a simple phrase. God loves you. God really loves you. And they stopped in the car park and like, wow, that's amazing. And then uh, we said to them, does your knee hurt? We had a feeling like God. We had a feeling like God wanted to heal one of the members' knees. And the mum said, yeah, that's me. My my knee is really really sore. How did you know? How did you know? So we just invited them to come and come and join the team. Come get some prayer. And as the lady sat, um, a few of us just prayed for her. And again, we didn't say anything profound. We didn't say anything sort of magical. But we, we said, do you know that God really loves you? He's really proud of you as a mum. He thinks you're amazing. What you've done to raise your children, to look after your family, is really, really amazing. And she just began crying. Just began crying. There wasn't anything... It was, it was cold, it was freezing. It was, uh, we often wear thermals as a, as a team because it's so cold out there. It was really cold. And um, she began crying. And it, just like earlier, the presence of God was thick, just in that little bubble, that little oasis. And we, we placed our hands on her knee. <laughs> and um, we said, in Jesus' name, kneel, knee be healed. Knee be healed. And she said... Your hands were warm. And my, my hands were freezing. She said, there was something, there was heat coming from your hands. And uh, she stood up. She said, before we prayed, we asked her, what's the pain level? And she said, 7 out of 10. So it's really bad. And she's had it all her life. Or as long as she, she before she had children. And she stood up. And we got her to test it out. And she tested it out. She was bending down. And the, the kind of rabbit in the headlight suddenly appeared oh my goodness, what's happened? And the pain level disappeared. All the pain just disappeared. A thousand... It's amazing. It's really amazing. Thank you. 
There are a thousand ways that Jesus meets a thousand people. A thousand different people. And the story of God met this woman yesterday as we just prayed, as we just prayed for her. Uh, another guy I, I chatted to, he was just walking past. And uh, again, I stopped him. I said, hi, uh, I'm Steve. Uh, this can sound a bit weird, but would you like some prayer? We're here, we're Christians, we're offering prayer to anyone. We pray for anyone for anything. And he said, oh yeah, really good. There, there's something in your eyes. And I said, is it tiredness? Or <laughs> um, he said, I'm addicted to crack. I'm addicted and uh, I, I can't get free. My, my partner, she's uh, an alcoholic. And she told me, like, two, two, three days ago, what you need is prayer. What you need is someone to pray for you. What you need is prayer. And um, a th just a thousand ways that Jesus meets a thousand different people. And so we just have the privilege of praying. I said, it's amazing. What God has done in my life is he's, he's rescued me from addiction. He's rescued me from, from that lifestyle. He can do the same for you. What God's done for me can do the same for you. And so we prayed, and he invited Jesus to come and into his heart, and he received the free gift of salvation. It's amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. A man who was far from God, walk, walk, walk into a supermarket, has had his life changed because of the, the power of the gospel. It's amazing. So for, th for the last 2,000 years, uh, I haven't even started, I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> Live one. <laughs> um, as we talk about baptisms today, what we're seeing is for the last 2,000 years, the church is continue, continuing, continually doing the stuff that Jesus did. And one thing about what Jesus was really clear was baptism. He was really clear about baptism. He told us, he told us as disciples, followers of Jesus, to go and make other followers of Jesus. Other make disciples uh, and teach them the ways of his kingdom and to baptize them to mark their involvement in the kingdom of God. And Jesus says in Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that he, he's commanded to. So, as followers of Jesus, we continue to baptize one another because Jesus did. And also, he, he was baptised himself. So not only did he command us to, to baptise, but he modelled something that we, we do as believers. Uh, for many of us here, you're, you're followers of Jesus, and before you put your faith in Jesus, before your baptism, it might be that the way you responded to her, or to what people did or said or thought or, or acted for you. It might be that you wrote that angry email. It might be that you posted something nasty on Facebook. It might be before baptism, uh, before baptism you, um, you, you, you said things or you, you did things passively aggressive or you, uh, you carried unforgiveness towards people. Um, when we get baptised, we, we're marking this moment where we believe in Jesus. So now, when, you hurt, when people are hurt, or when you, you're hurt by someone else, 
you bring your hurt to Jesus. You ask Jesus to heal you. Uh, you turn the person over to Christ, not over to your own videotapes that you have in your mind. I wish I'd have said that. If only I'd have said this. Maybe if I send them this snarly text, that will, that will make me feel better. But now, it's, now we, we, we don't live an independent life. We live a life dependent on Jesus, dependent on Christ. So now we bring our hurts, we bring our, our thoughts of revenge over to Christ. Uh, it might be that you challenge and confront a person, uh, but with the confidence that Christ is in you. And you speak truth in love, according to the Christ commands. And so in baptism, it's a fantastic symbol of uh, ending your old life without Christ and beginning a new life with Christ in everything, in all of, in all of circumstances. Uh, in the New Testament, uh, when a person was baptised, we've got evidence that they would literally strip off all their clothes. Um, I've forgotten my shorts this morning. <laughs> symbol of, of the commitment that you've made in your heart. And a commitment that has to be followed through and lived out on a daily basis. Uh, so baptism is a symbol, then a wedding ring is a symbol of your marriage. Let's say I'm not married right now, and I, and I go off to Hatton Garden and buy a wedding ring and just put it on. Would that make me married? No, it wouldn't make me married. Uh, of course, people can be baptised in church, but that doesn't make them a true believer of Christ. But imagine if I was married, and uh, uh, I am married. married. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, I didn't, and I didn't have a wedding ring. Would that mean that I'm still married? Yeah, of course. It would still mean I'm married. Similarly, I could be a believer in Christ and not be baptised. My sin was still paid for, and I've been forgiven by God. But would I, as a married man or married woman, I'd, I'd want to wear my wedding ring. Of course, I love him, and I want the whole world to know. Um, I want the whole world to know. We've been married 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> 
But also, with, with baptism, if I've trusted Christ to save me from my sin, and he is the Lord and joy of my life, then I want everyone to know. So baptism is this statement to everyone who sees it, that I have trusted God, I've trusted Christ for my salvation, and I'm committed to living for him. What we're going to see now is people's private faith made public, and we get to celebrate it. So, that's uh, it, that's, that's amazing, I did nine minutes. So, um, so be, be open, be listening, uh, be attentive to people, be, let's honour these people as they tell the story. I'm going to hand over to him. So we have the absolute privilege of baptising Livia and Alistair today, yeah. and I think probably for us, this is the reason why we started this church. You, you know, Livia and Alistair, I get really emotional with baptism, something that happens, but for us, we met Livia at the job club 18 months ago, and we've just seen her grow and develop, and develop a relationship with Jesus, and for us, that's why we put self in this church. This is the reason we're all here. And um, so let me invite Livia up, first of all. Sunday here. <laughs> oh, <I'm not. laughs> okay. 
Right, so uh, they asked me to record a video at the job club once I got the job. Uh, I remember delaying it forever and ever until I turned up first time and I was ready. Um, I think it was shown here on Sunday, even before I've seen it myself. Um, <laughs> eventually I turned up to the bonfire night, um, one of the socials, um, at Laura's house. And um, what I keep saying now is, was my 15 seconds of fame where I got recognized, like, is this, are you the girl from the video? <laughs> um, so that was Lauren, James, Shannon, I think, Joe, Stone, um, they all recognized me, and I was like, yes, this is me, I got that job. <laughs> and the bonfire was amazing. And, um, and yeah, it was one of the first evenings, I, I believe. And, um, Right, so I also met Derry at the job club, <laughs> and that was my first day home at the house. I moved in with Derry, and one Sunday morning we turned up together, and I think we were sitting right there. <laughs> and um, Stephen uh, said something like, um, "Is there anyone who would like to invite Jesus into their hearts today?" And I stood up. <laughs> um, so from not complete non-believer to standing up that Sunday morning and invited Jesus into my heart. And then Laura came over to pray for me and a bunch of other people, which I can't remember. I don't know <laughs> if you do remember, <laughs> tell me. Um, and so I became Christian. And here I am to confirm it and become fully one. And the story doesn't end there. I know it's still the beginning, but... Um, Right, so uh, from living in Derry, I moved to Hannah's and Lou's house, um, and that was an amazing time as well, and then to Elena's, Paul's, Joe's and Sarah's house, so I moved so much, <laughs> I was tired of it, and so by the time it was, sort of, I had to move again, I didn't look for any, any houses or anything, I was so scared, <laughs> and always became homeless again, until I called Sylvia, who's not here today, Christian uh, Thatcher, and she answered, and I met her on the same day, met Adrian as well, and moved into their house, and yeah, I've been living there ever since, I've been happy, <laughs> and um, I know everyone's been telling me it's not the end, this is just the beginning, so I, I pray for God keep leading me, and looking back, I can tell that it was definitely God that led me here, and Helping to hang where I belong. <laughs> and um, I'm going to say this again. Now I'm 32 years old and I choose to get baptized today. <laughs>
average payments is uh, up. And sort of through it all, I um, thank God basically. I um, I took this job um, about a year and a half ago, maybe um, two years, and it was just meant to be a temporary job. And um, turn up there and end up meeting Sarah, um, and then sort of temporary job turned into a full time job, and then we ended up coming home. And Sarah told me about Christianity and all sort of good things that go with it, and why don't you try coming to church? So we ended up here at Ballon and um, so I walked in first time and I was like, okay, this is, this is fun. Everyone's really nice and they're and Steve and they were very welcoming and everybody else that was here at the time. And I sort of then kept coming every Sunday after that and sort of from then on it, um, I was like, oh, I actually enjoy this and this is, this is nice, this is fun and from sort of not dread at the beginning but I was like, this is, this is nice but... It then became, I want to come every Sunday now, I want to be here, I enjoy this, I like this, I want this as part of my, my life, and, um, yeah, what I want to move, move forward with. Sorry, I'm going to use um, So, yeah, so then from, from there I started looking back at uh, all the things that sort of happened in my life, especially over that last year, and one of the big things that I can see that obviously God had done for me at that point was introducing me to Sarah and also her amazing family that uh, have welcomed me into their home and into their lives, uh, as well as everybody here at Ballon, but has welcomed me and sort of put their time chat to Steve, and he's been, been brilliant and actually sort of made me look at things in a different way, which has been amazing. Um, but I just want to share sort of a little, little story that's happened over the last uh, sort of couple of months, really. Um, nothing dramatic in my life, it's just a, something that sort of was important to me at the time, was I've been doing all my exams. Um, and I have to apply to the Maritime Coast Guard Agency to get sort of an uh, application form. And I applied back in November, and it says it takes 28 days to arrive, and by 1st of January, still hadn't got anything, so you know, two months down the line, okay, Christmas has happened, New Year, that's fine. Pick up the phone, call them, and they say, we're really sorry, Mr. Dickinson, but it's going to be at least another six weeks before you can get an application. You know, it's, it's not going to happen right now. We're really, really sorry. Okay, that's what it is. So, so I, was, uh, I was having coffee in a coffee shop and Sarah's out doing things. She comes back and she said, what's going on? Is everything okay? I was like, no, it's an expensive situation. So I said, well, let's, let's pray for it. Let's, you know, let's see if, if this is going to, you know, see if we can do something like this. Okay, so we prayed and sort of going over it. That's fine. I got a phone call from the school that I'm using to send the application form to, and they said, Alistair, let's, let's see if we can um, speed up the process. Let us, let us call the MCA and we'll see if we can do something on your behalf. I said, okay, fine. But, you know, they did say six weeks. I'm fine with that. It's going to be what it is. Um, and sort of later on, after I just got back, I explained to the MCA, they're going to call me back tomorrow. So I said, okay, fine. I didn't really think they didn't know it. The following morning by sort of 10 o'clock, I got an email sitting in my inbox saying, Alistair, your application has been accepted, and it's in the So from there, it's just sort of this mad because I've all of a sudden got two weeks of studying to get in when I thought I had another six weeks. Um, so it's this mad rush of sort of keeping my head down in books for as long as I could. And so, fast forward two weeks at this point, I'm up in, uh, in Liverpool at the exam centre. National Coast Guard office, and um, I sat in the waiting room, all suited, booted, clean shaven, looking as presentable as I can be. Um, and all of a sudden, I, my stomach started turning, I was 
hot, sweaty, cold, shaky, the nerves just hit me. It's sort of the biggest concern of my career. And I was like, right, okay. Praying has worked before, I'm going to give this a go again. And so I'm sat there and I I don't want him to pass me, I don't, that's not what I'm here for, I just want my nerves to disappear and get into this exam room and be confident and happy and just comfortable there. So the examiner came over to me and he's like, right, Mr. Dixon, please come through to the exam room. So I sit down at this big desk, it's quite intimidating, he's on the other side of it, sort of just staring across at me. Um, and all of a sudden I just felt this calm come over me and felt like God was with me and regardless of what happens, what the outcome is, he's going to be there. Um, for good, for worse, um, it turned out I passed, which was obviously very, very good. Um, but sort of coming away from that, and obviously meeting Sarah's family, Ben and Steve, everybody here at Ballon, and actually just becoming part of my my life now. Um, and obviously, there's more examples that I've got from the boys we've already met. Um, but I just felt like getting baptised and standing up here and saying in front of everybody, "Yeah, I'm committing to you. This is it." Um, yeah, it's just sort of what I want to do, so that's why I'm stood here on this lovely Sunday afternoon. Morning. Thank you very much. 